Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, the podcast about myths and history. Cami, happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's a great day to be releasing a podcast. The stars aligned. Today is St. Patrick's Day, and it's the day we put up our shows every Wednesday morning where we talk about myths and legends uh, like this funky dude, St. Patrick. <laughs> Now we uh, also we have a very special live show. So you know we we're not live show. We recorded a video with one of our very special fans and friends, Debbie, who has helped us uh, with Irish tales. She herself is from Ireland and she's Irish. Um, really wonderful person, great storyteller, and she joined us for a fun discussion in general. This was a very just fun talk. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. So please do, and you'll be able to see this too. So it's kind of a double whammy for your St. Patrick's Wednesday. Now, that's that's what we're talking about today, right, Cammy? Is this man himself, right? Yes. And he he's pretty mythical and legendary um despite being like a religious figurehead. I mean, that doesn't like stop you from being it, but this guy's pretty wacky. That's <laughs> And and my research, so I I did a little bit more from when we were did the show with Debbie and okay. I, I it just gets wilder. This this dude's oh, really? a crazy man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so fun. I I've been really enjoying this, and I, I'm really excited to talk about it a little bit here. But I know you've got a story, as you always do. So please uh, hit us with that St. Patrick story. Sure. So I actually used what I believe to be an American website for this. I didn't use Celtic <laughs> Not wedding rings. Celtic wedding rings? No. Damn it. <laughs> So it's the Smith Appleby House Museum, and each year they do a huge St. Patrick's Day uh, parade, or I don't know, like festival. Bonanza. (laughs) And uh, like Debbie was saying, the Irish actually took St. Patrick's Day from us because we do it up so much. So if you want to check out the website at smithapplebyhouse.org. Patrick began his life with miracles. When he was just a baby, he gave sight back to a blind man by creating the sign of a cross with his hands. When he was a teen, the would-be saint was kidnapped by slave traders and taken to Ireland. When he was there, he was introduced to Christianity and prayed for his freedom as part of his nightly ritual. One night, the angels heard his prayers and brought to him a gift in the form of a vision. The angels showed him where to find a treasure that would be enough to buy his freedom. The next day, he woke up early and went to retrieve the buried gold. Since he was now a a free man, he decided to become a priest in service to the God who gave him his liberty. During his time as a priest and later bishop, he would cure the dead and bring them back to life. He followed the path of Jesus in this and other forms, like turning water into honey. He vowed to bring the pagans of Ireland to the ways of his God and use the shamrock to describe the Trinity to them. Though the shamrock is but one entity, it has three parts, like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When Patrick was getting along in years, he decided to spend 40 days in the wilderness fasting, like Jesus did. When he was there, many demons came to him in the form of slithering beasts. But by his fate, the man was able to ward them off until the 40th day. He was surrounded, and he began to ring a silver bell he brought with him on the journey. 
When the air filled with the sound of this bell, the snakes began to retreat. They could still hear it even when they cleared the woods and began to head towards the town. They heard it still when they crossed the hills and fields until it drove the snakes mad. They knew their only retreat was to drown themselves in the sea so they might escape this horrible sound forever. That's one hell of a dog whistle. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jeez, a silver bell. Yeah, some That's... accounts say it was like a drum. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, would he have access to a silver bell? I don't know. I wonder. I mean, he found all that gold. Yeah, that's great. That's really, really cool. I, I so St. Patrick, um, I think everyone understands uh, he's very intertwined with Irish culture and this day uh, to celebrate him. It's March 17th, uh, which is the supposed date of his death. It is celebrated inside and outside Ireland as a religious and cultural holiday. And uh, in Ireland, the diocese, um, it's, it's sort of a day of uh, solemnity and a holy day of obligation um, and celebrates Ireland itself. So it's, it's a really cool, encompassing thing. And the fun thing about it, or kind of the ironic thing is, St. Patrick is an Irish, um, really. Not, not really, like, defined that way. He would have seen himself as Romano-British, which is really important. And it's it's really timely. So I've mentioned a handful of times on this show. I've listened to I listen to a lot of audiobooks, driving and cleaning and cooking around the house and stuff. And I've been listening to a few of the great courses um, selections that are available. I, I listen for free through Hoopla through linking my library card. Do it if you sh- you really should. It's great. And I'm listening to this great one. It's called um, King Har- King Arthur History and Legend by um, this uh, great um, historian Dorsey Armstrong. And she does a really fun explanation. We've actually talked about King Arthur before. And the, but the reason why I'm bringing that up is because she really clarified this for me. And it's it's so relevant to this time period of when he was around. And that's because, you know, the Romans settled. They, they kind of came into to England around 43, um, 55 um, B.C. But uh, they were out by 410 A.D. And which is essentially when you, people say the, the Western half fell. So that's 400 years that Roman influence had over the British islands. And uh, which, you know, like um, Dorsey, she does a great, she realizes or reminds us that that's longer than America, how that's longer than how uh, long America has been around. But yet, you know, we have such a strong American culture. So you can think the Romans come, they bring their religion, Christianity. Their roads its... and their water sources. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and their beautiful like architecture, and they imprint that on people, and and that's that's extremely lasting. And in fact, uh, Patrick, his his father and grandfather were heavily involved in the church, and and he was sort of supposed to be involved in that too. Now, um, I I mainly took from like Wikipedia and Britannica, and they did a great job of really summing things up. Um, what's cool is we do have some awesome. I mention this all the time. One awesome thing Christianity did, especially around the Middle Ages, is write stuff down. It was just one of the parts of the religion that was so important. Just write stuff down. And Patrick himself wrote stuff down. He wrote an autobiography called the Confessio. And so, you know, he was he was uh, well he was well he was literate, especially being from the family he was in. So we have this work, the Confessio, and and so for I I, I try to make clear where, where the sources come from. It's him. He is the source. Um, so it's it's really cool. And there was a lot of writing about him later. I, I'll note that he wasn't actually like 
formally canonized because he he lived prior to the laws of of how canonization works. So being a saint and stuff like that. But I think I think the church is okay with him being called a saint. Um. So again, I'll, Romano British. That means you're you're sort of. You know, if you're if you're British, if you're someone who was indigenous to the British Islands, so before the Romans came, you're there. This is kind of like Celtic. This is this is the Celtic people. But you could be, you know, we might identify you as Welsh, Irish, Scottish, um, any of those kind of crazy things, right? And so he that's what he was. But he 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 had those roots, but then with the distinct Romanization of it all, and it's very clear because of his later works as a saint. So yeah, apparently he writes himself, uh, captured by Irish pirates at 16, six years he worked as a herdsman. Get that shepherd, get it. Uh, and then, um, he's apparently he, yeah, he's like has a, a dream of being able to escape and he flees. Uh, and then apparently during that, he's apparently like recaptured a little bit but and start nearly starves to death and all this stuff. So it was, it was pretty intense. Um, him getting out of there. But then, uh, yeah, it, Confessio um, is really where we, we get everything, and it, it looked like it was written near the end of his life. Now, the timeline, like, most people believe he was born in the middle of uh, the 5th century, so around 450 AD, so a, a good 40 years after the Romans left. But, you know, when the Romans left, it was remarkably, like, shocking how quickly they left, but it wasn't, you know, like, the, the imprint of the culture didn't truly leave um, 100% until later but during this time period it was tumultuous and and uh for some reason he he writes in his confessio that uh he wanted he 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 had an idea of going back to ireland and so i i wrote in my notes he came back with a vengeance to convert and and he got revenge on those pirates by literally converting and he did he did some really great work and he was very careful uh with pagans and and pagan um rites and religions and the chieftains i mean he, his his life seems to have been at risk f- like constantly and he brought gifts to you know the places he went but he never took the gifts i mean he really seemed like a great icon for this and um there's there's some conf- or not confusion there's some theories there's there's this guy palladius who um came uh, around 20 years before uh he was sent by the Pope, this guy Palladius, and and people sometimes like our historians argue that they were either the same person or that Palladius was actually the one who did all this. Um, so it's a little uh, foggy, but it kind of seems that it's clear that Palladius was kind of sent, um, a, like I think it was four twenty three, or four thirteen, um, and he he kind of like started the groundwork of Christianizing Ireland, but then it was Patrick who came in and really did it. And he, he used famously used the shamrock to teach the Holy Trinity. You know, it was these these weird concepts you're trying to explain, and it's saying this like the shamrock, you've got the stem, and then you've got these three parts. They're all one and the same, but there's distinct parts on each bit. So it, it, it seems really cool to me that he was able to sort of do that. Now, uh, there's, of course, the legends. Um, he himself wrote that he raised people from the dead, uh, a 12th century um, hagiography, which is like writing on saints, uh, specifically numbers 33 people were raised from the dead. So I don't know how. That's a lot. I mean. Isn't is, that it, how old Jesus was when he died or something? He was in his 30s. Yeah, good point. Oh, my God, Cammy, look at you. Hagiographist over here. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, and one 
uh, interesting legend was that that I that I hadn't seen before was that he apparently like rooted his walking stick in the ground at one point and like left it for a little while and then it started to um, grow like it took root and or oh, yeah he, wow. he like stabbed in the ground and then it, it rooted and then grew in a tree. What was really notable for me was this story this this little tale was mentioned in uh, Dorsey Armstrong's um, lecture of King Arthur and it's kind of connected to Arthur so. Uh, this again kind of brings me back to a theme that we've discussed a lot of Irish um, and, and Britannic paganism being intertwined with Christianity and how like, it, you know, it's hard to completely erase parts of like tales and cultural um, stories and things like that just to, to erase them. Uh, so they kind of get altered. And so I, I'm this, this seems like it could be a clear story of like, Oh, did you hear about the dude, the famous guy with a walking stick that grew into a tree? Oh yeah. That was St. Patrick. You know, <laughs> he was the dude that made all the snakes go away, <laughs> which that's really funny. The, the snake thing is really funny because, um, we actually, there's like Roman historians, Gaius Julius Silenus notes, uh, the lack of snakes in like the British islands. So like people were like, why aren't there snakes here? Like, this is really weird. <laughs> Actually, do you no. know why there aren't snakes there? No. During the last glacial period, I'm not going to pretend like I know what that means, but I'm guessing oh, sure, like sure. it's like an ice age. Ireland was still underwater. Mm -hmm. So when snakes were coming out, finding places to live and yeah. all this stuff. Walking they from the ocean. Couldn't get to a place underwater. Yeah, that, that makes sense. The, uh, the and note so they I just have... weren't there to begin with. Right, and that's that's the note I have is that Irish fossil records and others suggest no snakes post glacial period. So that, yeah, that that would make sense that the the makeup of all things um, that that's how it would work. And that, yeah, that totally makes sense. They just couldn't get there. Um, it, yeah, I just love that that's it had that had to be attributed to someone for some reason like that. <laughs> uh, oh, when I was reading on it, so I read his confessions, the mm -hmm. thing you were talking about, and he doesn't talk about it. And then I read like someone else's writing and they were like, hey, what if we attribute no snakes being there to St. Patrick? And they were like, uh, that's dumb. There were never snakes here. <laughs> like, that's funny. <laughs> so it was like a discussion at the time. Have you ever seen a snake in St. Patrick in the same room? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's fun. I um. I'll I'll uh, plug uh, Bernard Cornwell's Last Kingdom series for the umpteenth time because there's there's a great Irish uh, main character in it, Finnan, and he's like an Irish Christian where he he's he still has these like deep roots to the Irish culture like paganism, but he's he's a devout Christian, and I can't help but think about that. And this was set in the year 900, and you know, so so close yet so different. It's just so funny how how saints to how they're regarded uh the miracles that they do that they've done even even the just the roman you know uh ones in the mediterranean the roman saints um i love it i just love these these stories and how they're used the way they are but i i just felt like aside from the snake stuff i i, I feel i just feel like patrick is very practical you know um one last thing i have is uh, a cool idea that uh, from Wikipedia, it's the abduction reinterpreted. So this is, so uh, you know, Patrick's own account, Irish raiders um, brought him to Ireland, enslaved and captive for six years. So there's another um, 
uh, interpretation that suggests that as the son of a decurion, um, he would have been obliged by Roman law to serve on the town council, the curia, but chose instead to abscond from the onerous obligations, man, these are great words, y'all, write them down, of this office by fleeing abroad as many others in his positions had done in what has become known as the flight of the Curialis. Um, so uh, this, uh, I think he's a historian, Roy Fletcher, Fletchner asserts the improbability of an escape from this, you know, idea. And so his his return is more of like, a, I went to Ireland to kind of just get away from my duties. I shepherded for a little while and I was like, this is pretty cool. And Ireland's pretty messed up and I should leave and then come back. So I, I think that's cool. That, that goes into the uh, euhemeristic sort of ideas of things where it was sort of played up even by himself um, in, in his confessions. He might have played it up a little bit like, oh, yeah, because he was he kept saying like, oh, I, I can't leave like. Even though God is telling me to leave, I can't leave this yeah. land. There are too and many it, yeah, pagans. that could be a way of sort of in in the, the the vernacular of the time, the way he writes, the way he wrote. It just might have been a way of kind of saying like he he wanted, and it it is mentioned that he he definitely wanted to shirk his his Christian kind of heritage, his Romano-British Christianization. He did not, he wasn't into that. It wasn't until this period where he was captive. So this just might be a, a metaphor for his transformation of being like a 16-year-old kid who just wants to dick around, goes to Ireland for six years, you're in your early 20s, and you're like, man, everyone lives to like 30, and they're all dead and stuff. I might want to do something with my life, you know? And, and then he really, and then it goes. And again, the, the practicality of it all, he, he comes back, probably like, is like, all right, I'm going to actually start doing what I'm supposed to do, learn what I need to learn. I'm, I'm already educated, and then goes back with a, a great, heart in it knows Ireland I mean it just it just makes sense and and so I I I agree I don't think you'd just be able to like flee abduction and you know he was in a pretty high status household I mean it, it, England was sort of fame or the, the British Islands were famously like the the mainland like Romans as they stood after the fall were like sorry bro you're on your own but there was still an infrastructure there so and it, really cool a lot more to it and but it's also very like deceptively simple that I, I really like Patrick. He just, he was in his essence, if you take away sort of the, the more mythical aspects of him, he went to Ireland, worked hard, um, respected the pagans, the chieftains, the, the war bands. And he went through all of that to just literally dig, like dig deep the roots of Christianity that clearly set. And as we can see for the next, you know, thousand years, uh, thousand and a half years. So Cammy. Excellent work on your story. Thank uh, you, always Brian. Always appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, we really do hope you have a great uh, St. Patrick's Day. Um, check out the video we did with Debbie. It was super fun. She's very awesome. We're definitely going to work with her again soon. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, like us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Feel free to chat me in Discord. We're in all of these places. Please tell your friends and family about us. Spread the word. Kimmy and I are really happy to do this we've got lots planned so stay tuned with us mystery.com uh we'll take you to all of our links but you can also reach out to us directly at mystery at gmail.com threadless.mystery.com mystery.threadless.com one of them too right mystery.threadless.com us first yeah if you want to get a a shirt there you go yeah we've got our ticker at the bottom of our youtube video mystery.threadless.com so everyone thanks for listening uh and we will see you next time Oh!